Lord, you are here, and we are here to listen, to learn, to be changed, to be empowered. We ask that you pour your spirit on each and every one of us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I'm, I don't know what's happened to my voice all of a sudden. <clears throat> so, here's a question for you. What do you take when you get ready to go on a trip? Um, yeah, most of us are going to take clothes. We're going to take the medicine we need. If you're a woman, you're going to take your makeup. Um, you're going to take your phone. You're going to take your travel documents, your passport. And nobody can go anywhere without the card that shows their vaccinations. I mean, we take a lot of things. Charlie and I are leaving on a trip in a couple weeks. And I'm already starting to process through. What do we need to take? What, what kinds of things do we need for this trip? But in our gospel message this morning, we find that Jesus is sending out what is called 70 others. So these are people that had gathered around him, been following him, knew him, had um, experienced a great deal with him. And if you read in some books, say 70, others say 72, it is not an error in the translator. There were two different references made at different times, but what the 70 or 72 indicate is that they are being sent out, the word is being sent out to all different kinds of people. And so these people are sent out. Now, they're going to be vulnerable What does Jesus say? He says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Boy, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And um, by the way, don't take a purse. Don't take a change of clothes. Don't take new sandals in case yours wear out. Um, You're walking along, going to the town that you're supposed to, and you run into a friend there. And you want to sit and talk with this friend. But Jesus says, no, can't do it. you got to keep moving. Remember last week I said Jesus' face is set toward where? Jerusalem. And he knows there's an urgency. Jesus does. And his followers have picked up on that. So they're not to linger and loiter around the way. I can't stop for coffee with Sue. I can't stop to visit. I can't stop to do any of these other things. I'm to go directly where I've been dispatched to go if I'm one of these followers. So, um, and the reason is because Jesus is then going to go to these towns. And he wants the towns to be ready to receive him, to be prepared to receive him. So, His messengers are totally dependent on the hospitality of the people that they encounter. But the scripture tells us that they take one very important thing with them. Do you know what it is? Peace. Remember, they take peace. And when they enter the house, they say, 
be with you. And if there are people of peace in that house, the disciples, the followers will know this. And so they will remain in that house. And it also says, if your peace doesn't return to you, leave. Leave that place. So they carry this peace with them. So our travelers are are to accept all hospitality, not to change homes. They, you know, if I stop at a two-bedroom place and there's a five-bedroom mansion down the road with a pool, I'm not to go there. I got to stay in my two-bedroom place um, or my tent or wherever. They are not to change. They're not to look for something better. They're to stay with the people. They are to pray. They are to heal the sick. They are to proclaim the message. And this is the one that really kills me. They got to eat whatever is provided. Now, if any of you are picky eaters or there are things that you don't like, they had to eat whatever was set before them. So they're going to these towns. And they do all the things that Jesus has asked them to do. And they tell the people, the recipients, the kingdom of God has come near. But what if they go into a house and they're not accepted? They are to leave. And if the town itself is not accepting, they are literally to walk to the edge of that town shake the dust off their feet, which indicated that the town was not worth their being in. I mean, it was a very rude gesture at the time. And to move on. But to say, well, the kingdom of God has come near. You didn't get it. And so now we're moving on. They're to represent Jesus everywhere they go. And by welcoming them into their town and into their house, the people of the town are welcoming Jesus as well. They were, the, these 70 people represent Jesus and um, remain in the town for a while to preach and teach. Now, it sounds like a pretty formidable journey to me. I mean, I didn't take my extra shoes. I don't have a change of clothes. i got to eat whatever's set before me. i got to be kind and gracious all the time. You know, because I'm representing Jesus here. So um, they go on with their journey, and they hang everything basically on the word of what they're carrying, the peace of God that comes with them. So the travelers themselves are exhibiting peace, and the places that they are welcomed in are also places of peace. So, here's the question. What is peace? Um, For many of us, and this is a very cultural uh, definition, it's the absence of war. I don't know that we're ever going to see peace again in our lifetime. Somebody is always at war anymore. So, there's also a kind of... A thing of the of a peace is a sense of absence of conflict. Have you seen any conflict in your life? Have you read the papers? Have you talked to people? 
we seem to be engaging in cultural more and more and more cultural conflict. So, if you looked up peace in the dictionary, you would find the definition reads an absence of disturbance, tranquility. Now, tranquility is interesting. That sounds pretty good to me. Tranquility. Think about times of peace or tranquility in your life because we've all had them. Think about the moment when you got a sick, crying child asleep. Peace. Peace has settled on my life. An absence of noise. It might be for you sitting at the beach and just watching the waves and you get this feeling of peace. For others, it's the mountains. All of us have places and times when we've experienced this peace. And in fact, it's crucial to our lives that we do experience it. So, that is what peace is for a lot of us. Now we're going to look at what peace is in the biblical sense. In the biblical sense is the peace that Jesus was sending with his disciples. And in the Old Testament, the word was shalom. So if I said shalom to you, I'm saying peace be with you. What I really mean is well-being with you. And so they say it coming and going. When they leave, they also say shalom, well-being with you now that we're going to be um, apart from each other. Well-being. And that well-being literally means a wholeness in mind and body and spirit. So, well-being, I like that. Shalom, a sense of well-being. Now, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he wrote, ended his second letter to the Corinthians, I mean to the Thessalonians. He said, now may the peace, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. May the Lord Jesus give you a sense of well-being and wholeness at all times. Now, in the New Testament, the word for peace is irene. And it has a little bit of a different meaning. It comes from two words in Greek. And the words mean to tie together. To, could be like to rejoin, to join together. And um, the sense of joining together implies a sense of wholeness. Everything in my life is joined together. It's wholeness. And so, a sense of unity definitely doesn't talk about the absence of conflict. It talks about what is inside of us and how we respond to conflict. It's taking action to restore a broken relationship, to literally tie it together, to make it whole. So, in a few minutes, I'm going to say, what? The peace of the Lord be always with you. And you're going to respond. Now, if this was the first century church, they would not say this in church. 
because you were supposed to make peace with every other person in the community before you came to church. So if you had an argument, it was to be resolved prior to entering. But we've really lost that concept. And we've really lost the idea of what they saw as important, that when the community gathered, it was in complete unity. So, peace is, in fact, taking action to restore a broken relationship. And, um, but too often, the person that your relationship with broken with is not here. So, if you haven't redeem that, you bring in that sense of, well, I was right and they were wrong. Anybody felt like that? That sense of impatience with somebody else? So, as we pass this, the piece this morning, I think we need to look at what it really means in our community. It's more than a handshake or a hug, although I am big on hugs. Hugs are very important. Handshakes are very important. But peace, in what Jesus is talking about, is a way of being, of, of, of how you live, of who you are. It's seeing in each other the image of Jesus. So that when I look at you, when I look at Francis, I can see the image of Jesus in her. And that hopefully she can see that image in me. It's beginning to recognize the face of God in each of our friends and our family members and the people we run into. Even strangers. We aren't called to change one another. To get peace by making everybody see it my way. Although that could be a good idea. (laughs) That's not the kind of peace Jesus was talking about. We are called to look at ourselves, though, and at our hearts, our behaviors, and our attitudes. Do they reflect what we say we believe? Okay, I've done this sermon. I've been thinking about peace all week. Extending peace, trying to see Jesus and everyone. And I went into Walgreens. To pick up a prescription that should have been ready a week ago, but they told me that they didn't have the stuff to fill it. So I had gotten a notice that I had they had a prescription. So I go in, and they say, "Well, um, you can't refill that prescription yet." I said, "I'm not refilling it. This is the first time I've ever gotten it." And she says, "Well, I think it was sent to a Walgreens over in Edgewood or something like that." I said, well, great, just transfer it over (laughs) and fill it for me, because I was supposed to start taking it a week ago. Uh, It left unresolved. I don't know where the prescription is. I mean, I've got to go back. But I did not extend the peace of God. (laughs) And as I was walking out of the Walgreens, and I thought, wow, way to live up to your sermon. (laughs) But it happened. You know, we get so caught up. And the tensions of the moment that we forget the way we're called to be li- to live. So, 
the peace of God invites us and almost calls us to be vulnerable. And being vulnerable can be scary. I know that, and you probably know that. So we're the body of Christ in the world today. And we're the people that he has sent out to be vulnerable, to bring peace, not to act like I did in Walgreens, but to see Christ in everyone, whether we agree with him or not. Jesus said to the disciples, peace I give to you, peace I leave with you. You see, he gave us that peace, and he left it to us 2,000 years later to still spread it around the world. We're to be peace givers and peace receivers in what is often a very unchristian world. I was out a couple of nights ago, and someone who knows that I've been um, working in the church came up to me and said, do you have a problem with people attending? Is your church looking empty? And I said, well, mine's a little bit different situation than that, but this person was going to a different church, and she said, half our pews are empty. I said, have you read the papers? More than half the country doesn't believe in God. It is hard to fill the churches, but we are still called to live in the way of Christ and to share that with community. I think that's a little bit scary because I don't like to be rejected. Um, And I was walking my dog the other morning, and I ran into this man that is also a dog walker. And he asked me the same question when he found out I was working in church. He said, well, yeah, how is it? And we were discussing that. And then we got off on the world. And he said a very profound thing to me. I consider it one of my God instances, incidents in that day. He said, you know, as Christians, we're called to live in faith, not fear. And I was like, wow, how true that is. You can learn a lot from dog walkers. So that's what we're called to share with our community. We're called to be the hands and face and love of Jesus where we go. St. Teresa of Avila said about ministry in the world, Christ has no body on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eye through which the compassion of Christ looks out to the world. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. Yours are the hands with which he is to bless others now. That's pretty thought-provoking, pretty inspiring, pretty much reminds us to see the face of Jesus in everyone, that we are going into a broken world. So as the body of Christ, brothers and sisters, we're to bring his peace with us when we go. And as Patrick, my dog-walking friend, says, we walk in faith, not in fear. May that be true for each of us. And may we all have peace in our lives.
雨。